Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. There's no doubt the way he ran against Baltimore. Uh, I'm sure the whole nation saw that being on in, on national TV in primetime. That uh, he, they had to come away impressed by the way he ran. This is Saverin on Steelers. Hello and happy New Year to all in Steelers Nation. Welcome to the Saverin on Steelers podcast. I'm Stan Saverin, your host. We put up two new posts every week. You get us at Steelers.com. That's where you found us. And if you enjoy the Steelers-only content of this podcast, please let your friends and neighbors and fellow fans, relatives, about the podcast. Again, just go to Steelers.com. Two new posts every single week. We don't know what's going to happen between the Steelers and Browns. Three potential outcomes. The Steelers could lose, which would end the 2022 season. They could win but still not make the playoffs, finishing 9-8, and eight, keeping Mike Tomlin's streak intact, but, again, not making the playoffs. Or number three, they could win and make the playoffs, which when would send them into very difficult territory, meaning they'd get one of the top seeds in the AFC, whichever team that happens to be. I mean, it wouldn't be a promising outlook. Clearly, they would be an underdog. But whatever the outcome... Sunday's action may bring. It appears to me as though there's good reason to take more of an optimistic path to the offseason. Let's compare it to where we were about a year ago today. The Steelers did not know who their quarterback was going to be in 2022. They knew that Ben was calling it quits. The last wonderful memory game against Cleveland at then Heinz Field. But at that time, they didn't have any idea, at least not publicly, who their new starting quarterback would be. Most teams, knowing that a guy like Ben, not necessarily even a Hall of Famer, but a guy who's been your starting quarterback for quite some time, he's going to retire. Usually you're prepared for that, and you have his heir apparent in waiting. That was clearly not the case with the Steelers. At no time did they exhibit the kind of confidence in Mason Rudolph that led one to believe that he was a legitimate candidate to become the starting quarterback, even though he knew the system, he was there, he'd been there for quite some time. But it was pretty clear at the time, and certainly during the offseason, they had no idea who their quarterback was going to be 
The only idea they had was that it was not going to be Mason Rudolph. Heading into next year, there's no questions as to who the starting quarterback is going to be. Kenny Pickett has played enough and done enough to allay all those fears. Now, there's no guarantee that he moves beyond this plateau. By the way, Kenny Pickett was voted the Steelers' 2022 Rookie of the Year by the Pro Football Writers of Association in Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh chapter. I mean, that's pretty obvious. I mean, George Pickens has made his contributions, but Kenny Pickett's the Rookie of the Year. So that's a major, major part of all this. They found their quarterback. It's not the only thing they have to worry about, but it's a major, major component of how you move forward. Seldom can you win and win big with a mediocre game manager. Now, again, that doesn't mean that Kenny Pickett is a finished product. He's a long way from that. But it does mean he's progressed enough to where he can build on whatever successes he may have had this year. And so heading into the next year, if you're thinking about the Steelers' prospects, you start out with a quarterback who you know is number one. He's going to get the reps in OTAs, minicamp, certainly in Latrobe, and throughout the regular season, barring injury, of course. Another area is you have a potential game-breaker in George Pickens. I mean, they thought they had a real stud when they drafted him. But now that they've seen him, one of the things they've got to work on is getting more balls thrown to him. They've got to find a way to get more targets for him. But again, you know he's there. That was an unknown quantity a year ago today. They've also got the potential of a game-breaker, an over-the-top guy, in Calvin Austin III. Missed the entire year, missed all the training camp. So, I mean, he's been around. Maybe he'll get some knowledge by osmosis. But he has potential. Steven Sims has shown some potential. You also see Najee Harris at his absolute best. The game against Baltimore, that's the best he's looked. And it gave you a, a glimpse of what he could be. I don't know if, if his health improved, if his foot was an issue. But he looked like the guy the Steelers thought they were getting from Alabama when they drafted him number one two years ago. Not that he's been bad. He's been fine. But he was great against Baltimore. And not only have they allayed any concerns about a lead running back, one of the question marks they had last year I mean, they already had Najee. They knew that. 
but they knew that they were going to need a backup running back, a capable backup running back, so that they could not only get production out of that guy, whoever it was, but also giving Najee a rest. He was getting way too many touches. And you saw the way he played in the fourth quarter game-winning touchdown drive against the Ravens. He was fresher than if he had gotten 25, 28 carries and caught four balls. Maybe that's a component of why he was so fresh, throwing guys down, stiff-arming people, running people over. Jalen Warren was a steal as an undrafted free agent. It's another question mark that's already been answered. The offensive line, always a concern. It's not great, but it's gotten to the point where it's good. It's serviceable. And while I would hope this would not be the case, you could potentially enter 2023 with that same line and say, well, we're okay. But I would offer this. Okay gets you nine and eight. Even if they finish eight and nine, it's time to start looking for players who are NFL good, not just Steeler good. In other words, if you're starting on the O-line for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you just might be the best of a bad lot or a mediocre lot. That'd be more fair. So there's work to be done there, but they've got the draft capital to get that done. Even with a winning record, they'll draft in the middle of the pack, but they're going to get what is tantamount to a number one pick with the Chase Claypool trade. They need to find a corner. They need to find the next Cam Hayward. Not easy. Maybe the Marvin Leal's that guy. Different type player. But there's another guy who can really help next year. They also need the corner. But maybe questions have been answered inside linebacker. Now, you're not going to get everything you need in the draft. But because of all the things that I've mentioned, all the questions they had a year ago versus some of the questions that have been answered heading into this year's offseason, I think there's reason to be optimistic. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jerry Dulac covers the Steelers for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And as you know, Steelers Nation Radio 
on the Steelers pregame show. He's covered the Steelers for a long time, continues to do so. He joins me now on the Savernon Steelers podcast. Jerry, always great to talk to you. Welcome. I've offered this up. Uh, thinking back to a year ago at this time, um, I believe that the Steelers now um, have a reason to be optimistic uh, about 2023 than perhaps they did a year ago heading into this season. Um, the premise is they found their quarterback. They've got really some potential stars around them on the offensive line. Still you know, a ways to go, certainly. Still other improvements have to be made. But even if they don't make the playoffs, do you believe that they're a step ahead uh, of the game than were when they were a year ago? I couldn't agree with you more, Stan. Um, you know, and the biggest reason is because of their quarterback. I mean, the questions and the and the concern that they had going forward, you know, without Ben Roethlisberger after 18 years, <clears throat> that was as massive a concern as you can have uh, after a season heading into the following year. And um, they don't have that now. Um, I'm sure that they are con- convinced not. I'm sure I know they are convinced – Kenny Pickett is their guy going forward. He's shown uh, the the kind of uh, winning characteristic that you look for in a quarterback uh, these past two games, you know, um, doing what he's done in the past two uh, games on fourth quarter drives against the Raiders and the Ravens in the final minute, 46 seconds touchdown in one, 40, 56 seconds left on the touchdown on the other. And, um, you know, his numbers during that drive, both those drives, in fact, you go back to the Colts game, that fourth quarter game-winning drive, his numbers are off the charts. His passer rating in in those three game-winning drives, Stan, is like 132. And if you look at the last two games, it's like 147. You know, high high completion percentage, no picks, obviously, a couple touchdowns. Uh, He has shown that in those pressure moments, he can deliver and deliver big. Now, I know a lot of the other times, during the game, he looks like a rookie quarterback, but that's to be expected. But when you've needed him, unlike the uh, Jets game at the end, unlike the Miami game at the end, he's delivered these times. And um, so that answers a big, big concern. And, and we have seen Najee Harris, even though his numbers aren't as high uh, as they were last year, there's no question the way he has run the past four or five games, especially against the Ravens, um, you know, he looks like he can be – the big-time dominating back that they hoped when they drafted him number one. And then, of course, the offensive line. It's just, uh, you know, to me, it's the the MVP of units, uh, the way they have played and uh, the way they have progressed from the beginning of the season when it looked like it was going to be a worrisome unit. Would you agree, based on your comments, that that was the best Najee's looked? Um, And, I mean, I don't know if it's because his foot is better. Um, I don't know if he feels uh, like being a team leader and a team captain that he, he needs to, you know, exhibit that t- type of play, how aggressive he was uh, in many of those situations. Um, and in, in conjunction with that, Jerry, one other problem they solved that they didn't have an idea for uh, during the off season, they needed a complimentary back to Najee Harris to limit the amount of time he's out there. And it sure seems like they found one in Jalen Warren. Well, there's no question about uh, about the, the latter, Stan. Jalen Warren um, is a really good complimentary back. I mean, that guy goes to the hole and he hits it 120 miles an hour. Um, 
and when he gets the ball, when he's played, that's why they've played him as much as they have. They really like this guy. It's obviously, it's not only a good compliment to Najee, it lessens how many touches he has, which last year was just way too many. Too much of the offense ran through Najee Harris last year, and that doesn't uh, that hasn't happened this year, thankfully. And it's it's made Najee a better player. There's no doubt the way he ran against Baltimore. Uh, I'm sure the whole nation saw that being on in on national TV in primetime that uh, he you know, they had to come away impressed by the way he ran. And I don't I don't think really it has anything to do with his foot that it's getting better. It, that really hasn't been a problem, Stan. I think going way back to whatever week that was early in the season when he could take that steel plate out of his shoe, I think that helped. But I don't think it has anything to do with whatever lingering effect he might have, which I don't think it's any with his foot. Um, he, he looked very, very good, very decisive. And a lot of that, Stan, is the confidence – he has in the offensive line. They're moving people out. You know, Stan, they do a lot of zone blocking up front. They do a lot of double teams, and um, it's just been very effective. And, you know, you have to give credit to uh, Pat Meyer, their new offensive line coach. Um, he comes in, and he takes, um, you know, basically three new pieces. Uh, you know, the two guys in free agency, Mason Cole and James Daniel, Kevin Dotson going back in and moving Kendrick Green out of there. Um, and and he's made them into an outstanding run-blocking offensive line. And so you have to give props to him as well. But I think the combination of the line, the confidence Najee has in it, and the way he is hitting the hole with the speed and and power that he's hitting the hole has been very impressive. Well, it raises a couple questions. Number one, uh, what's going on with the other 55 minutes of the game? Uh, It's all well and good that they have these comebacks. They're thrilling. They're exciting. They're confidence building. But the truth of the matter is they scored one touchdown in each of the last two games. Um, and given the way this league is, uh, that's not enough. So w- what's going wrong up until the time where they have to make a drive and have to score? Well, Stan, it's not just the other three quarters or other three and a half quarters. It's what we've seen the last two years. And that's why I always have said here that you can't be duped by this late season charge. Uh, you have to look at the totality of what you've been watching last year and the beginning of this year. So, I mean, that's something that needs to be looked at and addressed. You can't just sit there and say, well, we made some improvements. The reality is, even if you win, you are still a 9-8 and eight football team. You're an average football team. You're slightly above average. You're a C-plus football team. And last year, you weren't a whole lot better. You don't have any playoff wins. And so you do have to assess where you are and say, okay, you can't just say, okay, we're on the right track. Yeah, you are with some of your young players. Your first and second round picks each of the past two years have uh, turned into basically your best offensive players. Uh, and so, yeah, those those picks were good, and maybe you are moving with those guys in the right direction, especially after losing your uh, you know future Hall of Fame quarterback. But um, let's not kid ourselves. The offense doesn't score points. Um, they have been moving the ball, Stan. You have to acknowledge that. They go up and down the field. I, I will honestly tell you I have no issue for the most part with the play calling the last four or five games. I've liked the flow of it. thought they waited too long to try and go over the top the other day, but I get why they didn't because they were running the ball so well. So, But there are still some issues that, 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 need, that you can't run from. And, um, you know, Mike Tomlin always say, I don't, you don't want to run from it. We want to run to it. Well, they need to do that when they start looking 
at, uh, you know, where some of the problems are in terms of scoring points. But you do have to acknowledge they are a young offense, and uh, but their lack of explosive play, Stan, I, it's just incredible to think that their longest offensive touchdown is 24 yards. I mean, that's, that's almost mind-boggling. But that just shows the lack of explosion in the offense, and some of those things have to change in today's NFL because you're going to go to the Super Bowl, get to the playoffs, first of all. But if you want to go to the Super Bowl, you don't have to be able to score 40 points a game, but you better be able to score more than 17. You better have some explosion, and um, that's what's missing from this offense. Well, part of the reason is it seems to me is a curiously low number of targets to George Pickens. Um, He says he's open all the time. Uh, I don't know. It would seem to me if that were indeed the case, they would find him more frequently. Um, Any explanation as to why, and not even talking about deep, just in general, why they don't go to him more frequently? Well, a couple things, Stan. Don't buy into that idea that he's open all the time. He thinks he's open when the guy's on him. And when you're running him on X routes, uh, uh, go routes down the sideline from that X position, um, you know what? He's double teamed. He has the player and he has the sideline confining him. And so you can't live on a steady diet of those. You have to be able to run across the middle. Now, we saw it the other day on a pass in Baltimore. We saw it on the touchdown, the winning touchdown against the Raiders. There needs to be more than that. And let's, that goes back. Again, he's a rookie. It's not, it was not his strong suit in college. Um, you know, but he, you know, he, may, he needs to improve his route running. I'm not saying he's terrible. Um, but, you know, it, it needs to develop a little bit more. So, look, Deontay Johnson's their best route runner. He gets open for a reason, because he comes out of his break so well. And that's not the case with George Pickens. But George Pickens is a different type of receiver. Um, and so I don't think the idea that they just need to throw it more to George Pickens is the answer, because teams will take that away, uh, you know, if that's all you're going to do. You just have to find a little bit more explosion. So, for example, the other day, they waited and they waited and they waited to attack the Baltimore secondary. Go back to the first game that they played against the, the Ravens. Mitch Trubisky, 45-yard pass, 37-yard pass, 32-yard pass. He attacked that Ravens secondary. It can be attacked, especially Marcus Peters isn't playing. They waited and they waited and they waited, and the only time they went over the top until the last drive, and even then they didn't go over the top. They just went into the middle of the field. was a 31-yarder to Deontay Johnson where, once again, he failed to navigate the boundary and didn't get his feet inbounds. That was the only time after having much success doing it in the first game. Again, I get it. They were able to run the ball so well. So I understand that part of it. But you obviously saw in the first game that you can go over the top on that Ravens secondary, and they, and they just didn't do it. They didn't want to do it. That's why. And so, um, you know, that, those are the kinds of things where, as an offense, you have to develop – and have a little bit more confidence, if not just frequency, to be able to. And that part of that's, you know, Kenny Pickett as a rookie. He's, he's still learning. He's going to still learn. Um, and I just think there's – they want to be really sure that Kenny Pickett isn't going to uh, cost them a game. And that's why he's been so good at um, protecting the football, only one interception since the bye, and throwing the football away. And so that's all part of it, too. Mark Cavalli, our friend, comes up with this. In the last two games, the last two drives of both those games against the Raiders and the Ravens, his quarterback passer rating was 142.5. All the other drives in both the last two games, passer rating of 63. Um, 
Well, what is, what Stan, that was, my, that, that was the point I was making earlier. Um, when you go look at the last two drives, 17 of a 21 for 176 yards and two touchdowns, yeah, and that is his passer rating. And so you throw in the Indy game where he had the fourth quarter drive, his, uh, where he came back, that drive, you include that drive, his passer rating is 132. But you take the other 10 and a half quarters from those three games, the Colts, the Raiders, and the Ravens, his passer rating is 70.2. Now, I'm not condemning him with that, but I, you know, there he's struggling as a rookie to, to a degree. But, but the important thing is when he has gotten into those game-winning situations, unlike the Jets, Unlike Miami, where he ended the game with bad interceptions, now he has delivered big time in those moments, despite, you know, looking like a rookie quarterback who makes some good plays and then, you know, look, you know, looks just, you know, make it looking average basically the other times. Um, the, the difference uh, is, is stark, but uh, at least he is delivering in those moments, and that's the big key. How do they feel about their defense? Um, you know, Mark Robinson. Uh, drew some good reviews. DeMarvin Leal received great reviews. Um, how do they look at their defense heading into the season? Have they found some answers, not only who they think can play, but also who they have exhibited think that certain people cannot play? Well, they, they certainly have, some, uh, they certainly have some, some holes that they need to fill, but I'll tell you one thing they have found is they found their starting inside linebacker next year. That'll be Mark Robinson. So for all those people who think they need to go high in the draft and find an inside linebacker, I, first of all, I will tell you that is not a high priority for them, but Mark Robinson is the guy he will be, right? He will go into next year as their starting inside linebacker. And he showed a lot of reasons why against the Ravens. He played on 20, 26 snaps. He had seven tackles, third on the team. He's a very aggressive player now. Part of the reason why he's not playing is because he doesn't know the defense. But against the Ravens, you know, Mike Tomlin said this the other day, with his skill set and the way the Ravens like to play, it's a perfect match. And that's why he played as much as he did, and that's why he played so well. And going forward, he will be their inside linebacker next year. The Marvin Leal is, a very, is an athletic defensive end who's played T.J. Watt's position. The other day, Stan, they were using him as, as the four-man defensive front, defensive lineman, but they kept moving him around and letting him stand up and jump around, um, you know, to try and give, uh, give uh, you know, the, uh, the Ravens a different look. And that's just how athletic he is. And you heard Mike Tomlin, uh, you know, kind of singing his praises the other day for how athletic this guy is. But they still need to rebuild that defensive line. They need to go find – a stud, uh, you know, a Cam Hayward, even a Stephon Tuitt. Um, and, and they will in the draft. You know, no more drafting on the third or fourth round for these guys. You have to go with a high pick. You have to find a cornerback. You know, Levi Wallace is a nice backup, a Keller Weatherspoon, depending on what they do in the draft. He's a nice backup too, but they're not starters. Cam Sutton's a good player. They'll want to bring him back. But there's some issues that they have to address uh, on defense, and one of them, of course, is will they decide to extend, um, you know, uh, Alex Highsmith, or will he want to wait and go into free agency coming off? But this year was a big year, but my guess is if they want to extend them and sign them to a decent deal, that uh, that he will. But that will be something of a priority for them. But there's there's a few questions on defense that they will address in the offseason that they have to. All right, Jared, thanks very much. Uh, always enjoy the time. Uh, we'll see what we'll see. Last games could be Sunday. Maybe there's another game in the offing. 
Either way, we'll talk about it next week. Thanks, Jer. All right, Stan. Good chatting with you, my friend. Take care. Well, there's still a game to play, maybe more than one. We'll see. As you know, the Steelers' fate is not in their hands. They do have to win, but need help from elsewhere. And, hey, when you're 8-8, eight and eight, you're on the fringe, that's the way it works. So we'll see what happens. But either way, um, the offseason, I think, tends to be more positive than not. I want to remind you that the Savern on Steelers podcast can be found twice weekly, new post at Steelers.com. You can listen to the post-game show. I'll be on there this week with Matt Williamson of Steelers Nation Radio following the Steelers-Browns game. We'll be on the air around 4.15. You can listen to my daily radio show on ESPN Pittsburgh. That's AM 970, 970 on your AM radio. We're on daily, noon to 2 Eastern Time. If you can't listen, then you can get my podcast. Um, I tweet about at my Twitter address, at Stan Love the Show. Or you can download them by getting the iHeartMedia app. It's free, and it's simple, and you can get the show by daily noon to 2 right there. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. We'll be back with more on the Savern on Steelers podcast. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.